morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM. True Talk Radio reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. And in the studio, of course, with me is First Lady of Love and founder, creator of Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Drumroll. Hey. Drumroll. <laughs> Guess what, Cindy? Fall is in the air. It was so exciting to be able to go out today and just see that refreshing spirit that's falling over this city. And this is an important weekend for us in Austin because there are a lot of great prayer events going on for 911. One, which mm-hmm. is the anniversary of the day that infamy hit the nation of mm-hmm. America. And so we are thrilled to be here. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful day, and we've got lots of exciting things to talk about. And apart from that, we're going to talk about Jesus today, Cindy, <laughs> well, and that's what the he b- says that we're to do about our life. And one of the things that he calls us to do apart from faith and hope and grace, is to work. And you and I both are workers, so we've got a lot to say about that today. <laughs> well, we are in this uh, the this little portion of our conversation where we're talking about the national work ethic. And Evelyn, we've been, we've been going through a dialogue talking about leaving a spiritual legacy and or building a spiritual legacy because you got to build it before you can leave it. Right. And, you know, and he didn't like the the baseball field, you know, build it and they will come. The truth <laughs> of the, the matter is, is huh? yeah, whenever we're talking about a spiritual legacy, this is really the the life song that each mm-hmm. of us have in our heart, that we're living in concert with God. It's not something we build or we do apart from God or on our own. You know, this is not the legacy that we leave um in the will, in the safe deposit box that says, you know, how much you have in your 401k. This is not the treasures that you and I store up on earth that our heart is partial to. These are the things that the Lord has deposited in our lives that his footprint is left on this earth and he has always chosen to use his people to do mm-hmm. those things he can certainly do them on his own but his chosen course is to use these weak leaky <laughs> cracked pots lazy ones too <laughs> <laughs> and in order to leave a legacy so mm-hmm. we walked through that and we talked about the image of god having been made in the image of god and and what does that mean you know and 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 all of that that goes with that we talked about life we talked about which is what Jesus is all about. He's a being about life. We talked about healthy relationships, which is really what he had designed and ordained in, in the, the family and the family of God and the family of neighborhood and community and in a nation. And we talked about education from the standpoint of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're a society that values education, but in a lot of the dialogue that goes on around the nation with regard to the these principles, this is what we've been trying to, let's say, write in a way. Write it in terms of, and I mean R-I-G-H-T, yes. in terms of where did those principles come from? 
And what do they have to do with God? And how have we morphed them into cultural Christianity of today? And today we're going to go back. We're going to be talking about praying Americans. We're going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit more about the workhouse, which as we talked about last weekend, because of course it was uh, Labor Day. Right. And, you know, we figured we could stretch that one more Saturday before we kick off the last uh, about 40 days of that will be that Americans all over the country will be praying mm-hmm. coming up and into the elections. We're going to be talking about covenant. One of the things about covenant, uh, Cindy, that is so important is it's God's idea. Covenant is God's idea. And uh, it began very first. The first covenant made was the first, really, administration that God ordained. When he, when he created, he set in motion, set in life, Adam and Eve. And he made a covenant with them. Every afternoon, he walked with them and guided them and talked with them in a personal relationship. And yet he left in them that willingness to accept that or to walk in other directions. And hmm. unfortunately, uh, because of the way he had created man and woman, he gave them and gave, gives us today free will to make our choices. And we're in this great trauma here in America today as we look forth to uh, in just a few weeks to making the decisions about what kind of leader we're going to have in our nation. And, of course, we know that the master leader is the Lord Jesus. And as we talk about that, we talk about what it is that he's called us to do, it has to be not only in the love area, because there was great love between Adam and Eve, but also in the work area. And we're talking not only about working to provide living and and um, uh, the, the things that we need for life, but for that essential salvation message that God gave us to deliver to the world because that was a life challenge that he gave to the disciples. He he said to them, don't stay here and whine because you don't have what you want. <laughs> don't stay here and mourn because I'm not with you because I am going to send you on a journey. It's going to be a journey of joy. It's going to be a journey where you get out of where you are and go to where I want to use you and where you can work. And, of course, that's what our our subject is, Cindy, today as we're talking about work. So it's not just that manual labor that we often equate with Labor Day. Uh, It is the actual life that he gives us to live on this earth in a way that we can produce the product, the the purpose and the passion of Jesus Christ. And doing that is an exciting thing. It is tough sometimes. And we're going through right now a great time, in, I mean, a really hard time in America when, you know, the economy is not real strong, when families are in trouble, just a lot of things. But, you know, we look back to the Great Depression and how America met the challenges during that time, or even back to the time when America was founded. You know, one of the great heroes of our nation was William Penn. And William Penn was a great entrepreneur that lived in England, and he got in trouble. He got in bad trouble. Within a number of different things happened, but what he decided to do is he'd leave all that trouble. He would come to America, and he came to America, moved into the area 
of what is now known as Pennsylvania because the British were still under control and they kind of paid him off or something. We don't know what happened. But he invited, Cindy, he invited Christians from throughout the world to come to Philadelphia, which is called the, the City of Brotherhood or whatever. Brotherly love. Brotherly love. And all kinds of Christian believers came. Of course, he was a Quaker. And so when we look back on that, that's a legacy for us. But you know what it took, Cindy? It took hard work. They plowed new ground. They dug dirt. And they learned to work with what it was God gave them. And so as we talk about work, it's just not going out there and making a paycheck. It's not the corporations of America that we hold that hold our strength and our hope. But it is that God has planted you. He's planted Juan and he's planted me. Gene, he's planted all of us in a period of time right now when he wants a return on his investment. And that time's coming up as we, you know, we get to think about it. You know, back in the 50s, I don't know if you remember a guy named, the king named Elvis. (laughs) Vaguely. Okay, yeah, I bet that. (laughs) This weekend is the anniversary of when he was on Ed Sullivan's show. Hmm. And, you know, the society was such then. It was an outrage. Well, it was a booger, that was sure. They only taped him from waist up. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. I remember we we drove 30 miles to go to Van's Cousins to watch that on television. Our TV was out. No, I was pretty young for that. I was not an Elvis person. I was a Beatles person because, remember, I'm a 60s child. But, yes, I do remember it was a huge controversy in, in our household. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't allowed. You know, my folks watched Ed Sullivan religiously every well, Sunday evening. Did. But uh, it wasn't on that night, mm-hmm. and it wasn't on the night that the Beatles were on. Yeah, uh, the the that wasn't allowed, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Things but things you know, have Cindy, changed. We we live in a great nation. God has planted you. And he's planted me for this time. And you and I talk about all the time we're Esther's. He raised us up for a time such as this. And I was thinking about that a lot this week because I watched the Bible Marathon, you know, with Foxworth. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Time Warner. It's on 525. But it it is a game show. And they have all of, they have three different groups that answer questions. And it is hilarious. It It is I, it is amazing to me how little I don't know, but then also it's very amazing to me how much I do know. And so it comes on on Wednesday night, I think about 7 o'clock or 7.30, and uh, I really recommend it. So all of you who are listening to us today, if you've not seen it, I would encourage you to, because it will help you uh, understand how it is that God has a history uh-huh. and he has a legacy, and he has left that in the time in which we live right now when you and I, you and I and, and all of us who are, who, are, who are really Christians, who are Jesus followers, are given a great job, and it demands work. You know, Evelyn, we're going to come back, and we're going to continue this conversation as we talk about uh, some of the founding principles of both uh, America and what is the relationship of that to uh, the principles of God but Evelyn, I want us to come back and I want us to talk a little bit about what took place this week 
in terms of uh, the conventions. We've okay. wrapped up both the Democratic and the Republican convention. We're going to and come what back. was the hope in that, Cindy? Yeah, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about if perception is more powerful than reality. This is Love Talk on the Word. Oh, boy. I'll write that one. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 1490 AM True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net and that the audio portion of this program will be posted up at lovetalknetwork.com. And, of course, in the studio with me is First Lady of Love, Evelyn Davison, the founder and creator of Love Talk. Last week, Evelyn, we, we in honor of Labor Day, we began to look at the the idea of work inside and out and what is what's the value of that and what have we overvalued in that what have we emphasized too much and what are we de-emphasizing mm-hmm, right. we, you know it was a really hard preparatory uh, piece you know so getting ready for that program because the key scripture that we were hanging it on was out of second that Thessalonians 3, 6, and 5, which is, I mean, talk about harsh. This yeah. one's harsh. But it basically says, the, you know, you know, don't permit the freeloaders to hang on. Yeah. Everyone's supposed to pull your weight. We, we worked our, the value of working our fingers to the bone, providing an example of diligence. If you don't work, you don't eat. These are all things that are contained in this series of, um, of directions out of Second Thessalonians, it, it it closes well. You know, it says, "When yes. don't treat people as your enemy, what? just make this your standard." And you know, we were so we went, we kind of tried to soften that a little bit, not take away from it, but soften it a little bit in terms of the heart of God, and talking about the spirit, the American spirit, the willingness mm-hmm. uh, to give. You know, to give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. You know, the desire to improve our station in life and um, to model honest work to the next generation and to respect those who have, who lead through hard work, but not entitlement. Because, you know, we have an old system. A lot of the people that were running away from Europe is that they knew that they could never have right. uh, established mm-hmm. their own legacy because all of that had been taken up by titles and a Mm -hmm. system that said that you know this person over here is better by bloodline and this is what made america so unique is that it was this is why it was called the land of opportunity now it's an imperfect experiment because we know for sure that for people of color and for pe- mm-hmm. for women that this it was an imperfect system but it had within its heart the design to work towards equality for all and um and to some degree we continue as a nation to work in that direction but 
this last week was a perfect uh, time capsule, you know, for where our forefathers were and uh, where we are today as America, because last week was the RNC, the Republican mm-hmm. National Convention, and this week was the, the DNC, you know, the Democratic mm-hmm. National Convention. And, of course, we watched every little bit of it. We watched every pundit, and we watched the convention in full. And so uh, one of the things that is clear to me is that both of the parties are working very hard. They are working. To create perception that they have the answers. But then there's the issue around which every individual, you and I, Mm -hmm. and everyone out in America, will have to discern between what is perception and what is reality. What is truth. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to walk through. You read a little piece with, you know, four principles to keep in mind as we work through, as you're talking about, not the paycheck working through, mm-hmm. but this is the real work of, you know, this is the it's a leader, the nation building within the nation. You know, as we look at the future and the legacy that we will leave behind for the generations to come, these are the things that we are working through. Well, the first one, as you said, is perception. Is Perception is when you get your facts uh, skewed by uh, a presentation of someone else, whether it's in the area of image or it's in the way of, of speech. And um, the, I think if you if we really could put in categories the perception of the two ma- major leaders that we have in this nation, uh, we would say both of them are not, you know, what as Christians we would call spiritual. I mean, they, they, they're more of a humanistic uh, type of leadership. Now, uh, well, the parties have both um, really uh, are. It's it's subtle, but you have to listen to it very is the perception. careful. Right? Uh, they will. They may. In in one case, you have the DNC, which is hesitant to invoke the name of God. Mm-hmm. Then you have the RNC, which is quick to invoke the name of God. But the question is, does it have any meaning? And what is, God is it? Is it reality? Is it just, are they building a perception that one is for God yeah. and, uh, you know, and the other is indifferent to God? But, but what is the reality of that? Which are, are either one of them dependent upon God or were, were they a pep rally mm-hmm. basically to the American public that said, uh, we can do it. Yeah. We can well, do it. You know, we can do it. Uh, whether you're a Republican. That's what Uncle Sam used to say. He put his hand up. He said, I've chosen you. Well, the two perceptions that were so evident uh, in primary uh, was one is uh, corporate raider. That's uh, Mr. Romney. And the other is uh, the president who is uh, by some called a European socialist and others communist because of the the taking away the right of entrepreneurship in this nation. Uh but that, that again, is perception. That's why that we've got to be very, very careful as we make these choices. And basically, and, and I wrote an op-ed piece for the statesman. I'm not sure it's going to get published because they're picking at it. But what I said was we've got sinner against sinner being elected by sinners. You know, we've all got those weaknesses in our life, all those things that don't measure up to what we know to be uh, the a servant leader in this nation, and so 
as we do that, we've got to be very, very careful that we don't latch on to all this labeling that goes on, but we look at one thing only, Cindy, and that is values, the value of life, values. And so as we do that, then one of the things is, you know, figures don't lie. This nation has gone down. In a lot of areas, you know, I mentioned uh, Elvis, you know, today you can see anything on television. Uh, but also in the area of um, taking care of those that are in need, and especially in the area of corporate America, when, you know, we have corporations that, um, well, you call them and you get somebody in India that you cannot understand. I mean, it is, it's, what's it called, outsourcing? Yeah, you know, I have to laugh at that because uh, I told Jim I felt like I was, I, I've been, I'm the most wooed woman in America right now because, first of all, they say there are not many undecided people. And, of course, Jim and I fit right now in the undecided category. So so we're in the, you know, they say it's a very small percentage. But anyway, I'll just say I've never heard so much pandering to, quote, the middle class. I felt like, man, I somebody really wanted to take me to the dance. But um, you're right. Uh, Even as the economy was front and center in both of the conventions, it was difficult to, to tell as one would put the figures forward to how many jobs are going to be created. You know, right now in America, um, you know, you can talk about jobs and jobs created, but both sides are green carding a lot of outsourcing, mm-hmm. a lot of jobs, like you said, whether it's to China, Taiwan, whether it's to Japan, whether it's in India, whether wherever it is, or outsourcing contracts to do work, or whether our major investors in our banking system are, you know, are not American dollars, but are dollars from, you know, our global dollars, it is very difficult to say what one or the other that says we're going to create X amount of jobs. Well, are what jobs are those? Mm-hmm. Are those flipping hamburger jobs? Mm-hmm. You know, are you know, are they American jobs? Are they... Uh, That's the secret, Cindy. Are they American jobs? And, you know, one of the things is that the second principle here is figures don't lie, uh, but liars figure. <laughs> <laughs> and so... When, you, when, you're getting really sensitive yeah, here. Yeah, so, you know, we can't just look at statistics as important as they are and polls because p- polls are skewed. It depends on who takes the polls, what the questions they ask. So I have to be careful in that regard. And the third one is the stronger the words, the weaker the facts. You know, we see that sometimes uh, in relationships. Oh, the finger-pointing stuff. When they Mm -hmm. get into the mud swinging, that's when they don't have facts to back up. This is this thing about where you talked about perception. Building the perception is one is a corporate raider. Mm-hmm. The other is a communist or or a social a socialist a European socialist. Those are the ones that uh, it's going to be very difficult to dig the facts out on yeah. that. Yeah. And then, uh, as you mentioned, then the fourth principle is you know what do you do with with people that just want to do nothing but uh, slow, throw mud, uh, and when a person. Anyone throws mud, what do they lose? They lose ground. They lose territory. Mm. Uh, we've seen some of that uh, just in in the uh, the 
primary that we had in, in the state of Texas. Uh, and I won't mention the race, but it just got so bad that any time it came on, I refused to listen. Because it, it will really confuse you if you begin to believe everything you see on television. Everything you see on television. So these are the four facts. One is is that perception is powerful. Secondly, is that figures um, don't lie, but liars figure. And the stronger the words, the weaker the facts. You know, that's kind of like preachers sometimes. They'll hit the pulpit. <laughs> and then anyone who throws mud um, loses ground. So those are the things we want to keep in mind as we filter through this decision that we've got to make. But again... The bottom line, Cindy, is we've got to make that decision based on godly facts. And what it is, what it is that God values in this nation that he wants to preserve through us. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got our work cut out for us. We're going to come back and talk about that on This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM, True Talk Radio. Reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Well, Evelyn, we're in it deep here today because <laughs> well, work is we, work hard. And Cindy, you know, you and I were laughing, and I know our friends out there know us well. Uh, some of them do personally, and they know how you and I bounce off of each other. And it, it is such a miracle that we were able to do that. Uh, but by the same token, they know how serious we are about being a leader in this nation that people can follow. And it, and, and I tease all the time about us being Esthers. You know, we don't always have time. Time enough to take three days to go aside and paint and powder to get ready to go before the king. We have to be ready at any moment. I feel like more like Lucy oh, than really? Esther. Oh, I really? love Lucy <laughs> on the conveyor belt stuffing chocolates. <laughs> you know, do you remember Lucy? Oh, that Lucy. I thought she meant peanuts is Lucy. No, Lucy. You know, Lucy runs the world in the peanut world. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. the I love Lucy. Well, Evelyn, you know, one of the big debates that we have around work, and we're going we're gonna to get to this uh, piece that we have about work. And, and I was troubled, like I said earlier in the preparation for this, because it has been forever since I got a paycheck. Now, I work. Oh, me too. But, but I wouldn't know a paycheck. I mean, I, I would probably, I just can't imagine what I would do. You know, I, I, uh, I, I work for Jim Vaughn and I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm up doing clothes at all hours of the night and then, and then the ministry stuff, which is, of course, I do unto the Lord. But I didn't want to be a hypocrite in this issue of work because even though we work, we don't have uh, we we truly our boss is a Jewish carpenter. I mean, we you know we we don't have the same parameters around work that a lot of people do. You know, we're not punching a clock. You know, we're not 
except the Lord's one. That's Every right. morning he gets oh, up right. with that with that bucket full on the front porch, and it's always mercy and grace. It says, get up and get out and go get it. So, right. Well, then, so I wanted to be careful in that, that we yeah. didn't try We weren't pretend. There sure. wasn't a pretense of being I something, agree. of being preachy. But, you know, at our house, we've had this great debate around, you know, what what is the nature of work? You know, is it a blessing or a curse? It is, is it the passion of our lives? And I was, I was noticing and going through in some of the preparation, especially around Psalm 109 and, and of course the first works of Genesis before the fall in the garden are all about the works of God. Right. You know, so if God. We are His works, Cindy. That's right. And if He, if He loves His work and his workmanship, that says a lot about this issue of whether work through the fall in the garden became a curse or whether work is really our blessing. And I thought the way that you introduced all of this was beautiful because it really put in the context of whether you're raising kids. Oh, Cindy. Or whether you're bringing home that paycheck there's some essential qualities to work that are really the ones that God's talking about in the Bible. Cindy, um, because life for women has changed so much in my lifetime. You know, my mom never worked a day in her life until my dad was drafted into World War II. And in those days, you know, it took like four or five months to, to get, uh, whatever they call your your check or whatever, uh, and she had to go to work. And my mom was a great cook, but she went to work at a department store, and it lasted about just about three weeks. <laughs> and so she uh, went to work in a restaurant, and uh, it was really hard for her. But it was hard for me because uh, I I was so unhappy where I was. You know, my life had just been totally turned upside down. We moved from where we lived, and we had the radio, and we had so many things, and I moved into a little town that I didn't know anybody, and nobody knew me, and, uh, you know, it's just a terrible time. But because she went to work, guess what? I had to go to work. I mean, I had a little brother and a little sister that I had to take care of. And so I've thought about that a lot as we've talked about how it is that the work of women so uh, and and you know we've we've mentioned you know how hard it is for men in the corporate world today mm. because mm-hmm. they're at, you know their lives are changing on a daily basis you don't work to get a promotion necessarily or an increase in no. those days of oh I'll work real hard through this project and I'll do real good and I'm going to get a promotion so I'll work real hard through this project hope the project makes and maybe I can hold on to my job to my job so when we're think when we're talking, you and I have a frame of reference that probably a lot of our younger listeners don't do have. And I was thinking about our friend uh, Tammy Bennett uh, this week. I was praying for her. They own the Georgetown Chick Fil A, and I was thinking about Kathy Enderbrock. You know, her husband uh, works for a major industry and tech corporation, and she's caring for her children while he's gone. And I was thinking about you and Jim, and how Jim just travels all over the world, and. These are the way, this is the way life is today. It's different from what it was when I was a child. And so when we look at how this has changed in America, what we have to do is to ask ourselves, 
what is it that God originally ordained? He ordained that the family would work together. Mm. That as a family, whatever it took, we would work together. He ordained that in America, and it was called colonization in those days. You know, uh, <clears throat> you know, our nation is divided into counties, well, states, and then counties or parishes. You know, the the uh, people in New Orleans didn't like the word counties, so they wanted parishes because you know whatever that means. <laughs> I hear a little run here today, but when you look at it and you look how how is that God put together America. It was under a statehood mentality to where it would be a colonization of community that would work as a family. So here we look at a nation that's a big, big covering. It's like heaven is a covering over the world. And then we look at the states. The states have rights. And then we look at counties. You know, we have those kind of leaders. But when it comes down to it, what is the bottom line? The bottom line is the family. It is the family. So every family has a responsibility in the overall working atmosphere of a nation to make a contribution. Now, whether it's to the military, you know, Mm. uh, we think about military families today, how they're so stressed out. What are we doing to help them? How are we praying for them? And so what we need to look at not it's just what we're doing in our work area in America, but what does God allow or how do we allow God to work in our life in the workplace? How does he do that, Cindy? Well, I know I want us to spend some time before we close this segment in our closing segment talking about that because there, my, my our life, you and I, we meet, we have meeting after meeting after meeting. Yes. And I and will tell you. stress like, people say, how do you do it? It and, is a stressful work life. And I, you know, and I listen to Jim and sometimes I wonder when do they, when do they have time to do a, to make a product? Because they're in one meeting after another. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that. And what you and I know is the truth is the most important meeting of the day that you and I are going to hold. It's going to be that first meeting of the day, the meeting with God. And you've taught me a lot about that, Evelyn. You, you have said so many years, uh, to me over, you know, over time that before your feet hit the ground, you have that meeting with God. So we're not just talking about our devotion time. We're not just talking about structured time. You know, we can get into all of the processes and procedures of meeting with God. But there is somewhere deep in our hearts should be the acknowledgement when our eyes open up that the mercy of God has already fallen on us through the night when we are, when we are not in charge. When, when the world is going on and we're not in, we're not making it turn. Yeah, because Cindy, the scriptures say God instructs you in the middle of the night. That's right. So through that, then he pours out mercy on you when already, when your eyes first open. So it's not so much about that first meeting of telling God everything that's in our day. That first meeting with God is Oh, here's life again, Lord. 
Yes. You've woken me up. Thank you for this day. And that means that the mercy of God is already upon me. The fresh mercy that you talk about in Ecclesiastes. So that to me is is the most instructional Thank you. moment of the day. And so for me, I, I've, I've taken that with me. And so even apart from the Christianese mm-hmm. of, of devotional time, which we can talk right. about, that's valuable. But the first meaning of the day is when we open our eyes and understand that we are his workmanship and that he brought us through another night and he's poured out his mercy for another day. What do you what do you find as well? I, you know, as you said, I, you know, I bounce out of bed pretty quickly. It takes me in 30 minutes to get up and get going. But I, before my feet hit the floor, my and I don't like the word mantra, but my statement and commitment for the day is I thank the Lord for the day. I ask him to plan my day. Because I've got a calendar that would kill anybody and you have, Cindy. So first of all, I said, thank you for the day. Thank you. You placed me where you placed me. Uh, thank you that you have, you'll plan my day and I can trust you with it. And then I ask him for two things. First of all, uh, three things. First of all, that I might have that same passion for my day that Jesus had for his every day and that my life, my day, my day might be lived according to his purpose for my life, for his purpose and his plan. And then I ask him strength and wisdom and the common sense to live it in a way that would honor him. And so when we do that, Cindy, what are we doing? We are yielding to him the work that needs to be done in us, first of all, and through us. We're going to come back, and we're going to continue to talk about power tools and CEOs. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM, True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net, and you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. You know, Evelyn, for Jim and I, this has been a week of humility, and, oh, and a know, lot of our it. work was not the, not the, certainly not the, the, um, the work of, uh, the paycheck. Uh, Jim's daddy finished his work mm. on earth and went to see Jesus, uh, Monday, uh, on Labor Day. And, uh, which we thought, Jim thought, oh gosh, you know, he, he, his daddy was the hardest working little he man. Was. He had, uh, never finished grade school and he mm. was a cook and just worked so hard. As a matter of fact, his little hands were just from all the heat from the many years fusing his knuckles together from being over a stove Mm -hmm. he he had the most gnarly hands but you know he and Jim had spent a precious amount of time together in the weeks coming up to this and um, and so this was our week of humility you know when you when we recognize that we come from dust and we return to dust and when we when we look at the life of someone around us we recognize that we're all the mortality 
of of all of us. And that was certainly where our hearts were this week as we, um, you know, joined with family and, and friends to honor his life and to witness to the fact that he had gone on to be with mm-hmm. Jesus. And so that was that was the work of, of our hearts. And so you've done a great job about talking about, when we're talking about a national work ethic, much of what we're talking about is that place of your heart and how we... It's the spiritual work. It is how we do every aspect of life. But there are those workplace things that take place, and there are those things in our everyday life, whether you're a housewife or whether you are a, a manager of a corporation. But one of the thing is, is that, you know, we have a chief executive officer mm-hmm. and we can never lose sight of who it is that we ultimately are answerable to. If we lose sight as Americans or anyone as Christians who we're answerable to, we can right. lose sight of that finish line for that race. If you are answering only to your boss and not to your ultimate boss, that is a great way to be led astray. So we would just a reminder of those things that how do we allow God to work in our hearts and work in the American workplace is to recognize that he is our chief executive officer. Also that we take with us wherever we go the power tools of God. Yes. And the first one is the word of God. The word of God is as applicable to our lives today and to those decision making points along the day as it has ever been and more necessary today for today's complicated world more than ever before. And then also the fact that we we cannot afford to leave church on Sunday and leave behind the word of God, leave behind the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit who equips and matures us. He is our perfect teammate to go into the workplace with, to come around that daily work where he will show us his perspective, the great and mighty things of God. Mm. Now, what are some of your perspectives on work? Well, I think you have to see our work uh, as his work. Uh, If we just get to thinking, you know, it's all about me, uh, then, you know, we're way off the the career path that he set for us. And we have to recognize that, you know, God's work in my life is a progress. Uh, I can remember as a child, I mean, as a, a young Christian, I had a friend that was a Christian, and she'd use the word damn, and I just thought she was horrible, you know. And I didn't recognize that it was a work in progress. And sometimes, you know, it's we just think we're so spiritually minded that anybody else is not, you know, where they're supposed to be. But it, And then we don't leave our heart at home. Uh, God loves us. He wants to love those people around us. And, you know, my little thing is when I say somebody does something for me, I say, thank you. I know your grandmother would be proud of you. <laughs> Because it makes you stop and think, you know, my life is just not my life. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's what God, the Lord Jesus has placed in me that he wants me to give away. And one of the most special things that we can do, Cindy, is look for God in every place. Look for the good in every place. Every face. What about you? Are those things resonate? Yeah. Oh, I think they do. As a matter of fact, I had a little time with Jim's mom this week. We were we were every day back and forth to, I'll just tell you where we were. You won't 
And some of you will know and some of you won't. We were back and forth to Flatonia, which mm-hmm. is in between Smithville and Cistern. Well, it's, it's on the other side of Cistern. The funeral was in Cistern, but we were back and forth between the fin- funeral home in Flatonia. But we, we got to talking about, you know, the, the, the convention and this yeah. thing of, you know, entitlements and, and programs. And she was talking about how she'd been in line at the grocery store the other day and she was ahead of a man who had a loaf of bread and some bologna and, and a quart of milk. Mm. And she said she figured out, pretty much figured that that was his, that was going to be his every meal, no, mm-hmm. it yeah. for the week. And so she, you know, she felt the spirit of God just really prompt oh. her to, you know, have that put on her ticket. Oh. Now these are the, this is the work in progress. Yeah. It's not so much what we do on behalf of everyone else. It is what he does in our heart to make us mindful of those around right. us and our obligations to one another and not to pass that off. Well, you know, Evelyn, I'll tell you, um, one of the things that I think is, uh, the ongoing work that we have is not just to look for God in every face, but to ask God into every aspect of our heart mm-hmm. that, you know, we are as the work in progress that we're, we need to be reminded, uh, that humility in the workplace, humility with our mm-hmm. families, humility at work, often brings to us insight and we exchange our blindness as in other words what is it i want what is it i need what is it i think needs to be done differently that when we humble ourselves in the workplace that we gain a greater measure of the character of god and greater ability for insight and that we understand that the work of our life is not to pursue our strengths Mm -hmm. but to allow god to pursue our weaknesses so that we no longer have to live it, trapped in the sin of our lives. Right. And oftentimes our strengths can become our greatest weakness. Yeah, it is. It, any strength taken to the max becomes a weakness because we operate in that instead of what it is God wants us to do. And the last thing that I think is so incredibly important for us as a nation is when we talk about change, it isn't so much what we're changing culturally. It is this. Repentance is the real change that God is looking for in all of our lives. And can we become a nation that is willing to admit our weaknesses to God, to repent and to change before God? Because that will be the ultimate and permanent change that we receive as a nation. Well, that's true, Cindy. Without repentance, there comes discipline or judgment. And, and that's where we are in America. You know, we have to, our work life has to be our altar life as we serve the Lord Jesus. It doesn't matter where we do that. Uh, we've got to watch what we say and how we love and how we reach out and not just putting in time on a clock. You know, you and I don't have that. We just have a day, and we just push as much as we can. But when you're in the workforce, sometimes it's just get through this day watching the clock till you can go home. But one of the most important things, and and we want to close with this, Cindy, is that where does your power come from? It comes from praise because God is greater than anything or anyone in our world that would come against us. And so we really have to be thankful. We've got to run the race with grace and finish, you know, every day, finish that love field in a way 
that we can say to Lord, I didn't do it all right, but I, you know, I am all right because I know that you love me. And, and, and basically is to seek the help that we need as a nation, uh, and seek Jesus, uh, the counselor that is, uh, he is the mighty counselor, Cindy. When we have, when we have needs, that's where we go. We don't go to the government. Well, Evelyn, as we, uh, begin to, uh, wrap this program there is another verse in in Thessal in first Thessalonians and it says make it your ambition to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anyone and so this is what we're going to wrap with concern uh concerning work it's that we are called to the quiet life that out of that we are released from the pressure to achieve and succeed where work becomes consuming a toil and not a blessing. If you don't know what we're talking about here, I would encourage you to contact Evelyn at the Love Line. That is 249-6535. And um, just in terms of your work, just to turn that over to Christ Jesus, asking him to make your life the work of his hands. This has been Love Talk on the Word.